you're listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast that's changing society by cherishing Scripture. Why do you need to carry an amulet around in your pocket that says WWJD to remind you what Jesus would do? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job? But it seems like a lot of men are trying to manufacture this difference as opposed to letting it naturally happen. Exactly. And the exactly Bible, right. the Bible naturally changes people and makes them different. In debates, when you get in a debate with someone, you know that you've won the debate when they turn personal. Yeah. They're attacking these preachers that are standing for their liberty. And right. when they can't find anything biblically wrong with this person, they start picking out other things. Yep. And if you don't think that those two things can overpower and overtake you, you're pretending. Right. And now here's your hosts, Pastor Brad Bailey, Adam Capps, Zach Taylor, and Jeremy Boggs. Welcome back to Cherishing Scripture Podcast. My name is Adam. This is Jeremy, Jeremy Boggs. He's going to be wed in a few months here. Mm-hmm. And this is Pastor Brad Bailey. You almost said Bradford. No, I did it the right way. I don't want to make fun of him too much. And um, making us all sound good with the glasses back there is Zachary the Taylor, glasses. looking like a lumberjack snack. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we're, I'm determined to wear the same shirt on every single podcast recording day so that they think I never wear a different shirt. That or we all just record, you know, 100 episodes in a single day. Yeah. That's it. So um, we're, we're talking about the Beatitudes and... Last week's episode was more of a review. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. They were more of a review. And then we also discussed a little bit about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. But this subject deserves far more than just the little bit that we talked about at last in last week's episode. Because this this embodies the, um, the pursuit of knowing God. And I think that that is something that every Christian should have and should practice at all times. Mm. I think we're in agreement here. Yes. So let's talk about it. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Um, last week, you, you last week's episode, you did not participate in for right. various reasons. He told us he needed a smoke break, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've um, had a week to sober up, though. <laughs> he's hungry and thirsty again. So we're good. He's hungry and yes, thirsty sir. again. Yeah. We were talking about what it means to hunger and thirst and applying the physical experiences of hunger and thirst to um, hungry and thirsting after righteousness, after the things of God. Um, so we can go over that one more time and talk about it, and then we can talk about how that brings us to the point of being filled with righteousness. Sounds good. Now, seeing how you weren't here last week, yeah. do you want to start us off with your thoughts of this verse sounds like you guys got it right you know i mean the uh, the illustration is and in, that's intended here is um you know he's he's not talking about just you know american hunger uh you know where we um we get just one little hunger pain and we're you know we're going for the fast food place or we're microwaving something or we've got an abundance of food all around so in the united states we um you know we don't get hungry we eat to keep from getting hungry and and that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the climate of that day when those who were beggars and those who were destitute and and without uh, they understood the uh, the burden of legitimate hunger. You know, days without food, and um, and it uh, it created within them such a uh, such an insatiable desire and such a craving that they couldn't say no to it. They would steal. They would rob. They would do whatever they had to do to. Um, 
you know, to get the to get something inside of their belly. Uh, same thing with thirst. Uh, water was not available back in those days. Arguably more severe. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even more, uh, uh, you know, even more um, urgent uh, in terms of. I mean, you can go several, you can go a week, maybe two weeks without food, but uh, you go three or four days without water, and you're starting to get delirious. You're starting to get, um, you know, all of the signs of dehydration and such, and and so, um, you know, water back in those days was was a commodity because it was fresh water, drinkable water, potable water was was not just within reach everywhere you went. There were wells that had to be dug and the natural filtration uh, system of those wells would would create uh, drinkable water. But uh, almost all other water, surface water, had been contaminated by, uh, by the community. And so, uh, you know, this is why the Apostle Paul told timothy not to drink water he said don't he said drink no longer water but drink a little wine for thy stomach's sake and the antiseptic qualities of that wine was going to take care of that and so if you uh, were thirsty back in those days that could mean that you have probably you've probably got something that didn't satisfy but in fact rather made it worse uh it might have made you nauseated and just dehydrated you more and more and more it's kind of drinking seawater you know it's there it's available but if you drink it it's not going to help the situation so there were sources of water that they had back in those days that made them even even, um, even thirstier. Um, sources of food, if you can imagine, that made them even hungrier. And I think uh, probably, um, you know, within earshot of this sermon is the Pharisees. And he's basically saying, look, you've been drinking their water. What has it done for you? Wow, you've that's been, a good point. You've been eating their meals. What has it done for you? It's just made you hungrier. And it has not had the byproduct of righteousness, and so they uh, they are are being made aware here. We're thirstier than ever. We're hungrier than ever, and there's a strong uh, prophetic application even here that can be made because Jesus, uh, in the fullness of time, he came, uh, and and there's no question he came at exactly the moment when the religious world was cre- had created such a thirst and such a hunger that they were the, the the people were just left you know it's like jude said they're clouds without water <laughs> you know mm-hmm. they're um pretend yeah yeah they're they're fruit trees with no fruit he cursed the fig tree you remember because it all it had was leaves and no figs and he cursed it and so you know this hunger and this thirst here is intended to be understood as the severest most uncomfortable longing and yearning and desire uh, it's not just a little hunger pain it's incredibly intense so i have a question i mean i think that that was um pretty much what we we talked about uh in last week's episode i think they're they're aligned very well well what does it look like then when when you see someone practically what does it look like when you see someone who you know is hungering and thirsting after righteousness so Zach, you're a, a youth leader, right? Have you observed this? And if and um, how would you know that you're observing it? If in a young person, how would you know if this young person is hungry and thirsting <clears throat> after righteousness? Um, I think it comes from the not just the quantity of questions, but the quality of questions. Um, Interesting. And what I mean by that is, uh, some kids, you know, they they want acceptance. Acceptance is kind of a 
huge driver for kids. So they'll act interested in something to get you interested in them and to get you plugged into them because they want that connection. But then there are some kids that you can tell that the question really has nothing to do with you, but they're genuinely curious. They're asking deep questions. They're asking, Hmm. um, Hey, I'm reading my Bible, but I feel like I'm not doing enough. What should I do? Um, and and they start, it's really, I think the quality of question can kind of give you a huge, uh, insight into their mind because anyone can ask the simple questions. We can all, you know, pretend to have an interest in something. I'll give you an example. I hate cars. I know nothing about cars, but I can ask enough simple questions for someone that's interested in cars to have a conversation. Um, and and sometimes that's what kids will do with the Bible uh, to get those that are in charge interested in them. But when they start asking a lot of deeper, um, more philosophical questions, and, and they're really, really curious as to why and not just wanting to hear you speak and see you interested in the topic, that's when you can kind of tell. So I've seen it. Honestly, it's really few and far between, and I think that kind of goes back to what I've said in general about today's day with kids. Um, I think that our society has kind of taken that out, that a lot of that interest out of them and a lot of the kids I deal with aren't um, church kids their parents may take them to church or yeah they may um, say they go to church but they really only go to church when they want to yeah Yeah. so it's a it's really different nowadays and and when it happens pastor was talking about someone today uh, with me when it happens you can really tell by the the quality of their question the way they start trying to ask that makes total sense to me yeah you remember zach when when we were recently we had a uh, an ev- little evangelistic youth meeting that we were doing after our rise club and there was a young lady there that uh, uh, she started asking some questions mm-hmm. and i immediately detected that she was wanting to taste and snack but she did not desire to be filled yeah, and and she was asking things. You, I don't know if you remember. And I don't want to call her name, but you might remember. She was asking about, you know, when can I get baptized in this church? When can I, you know, become affiliated with this church? When can I start working in the church? Things like that, also. You know, when can mm-hmm. I become a, a worker in the Arise Club and things? And and um, and I think I think some folks kind of looked at me sideways when I said this, but I didn't really. Uh, scratch that itch for her you know I didn't, I didn't really just say okay look you know yeah you you've been coming enough times now you know we'll let you we'll let you just kind of nominally jump on board because there is a qualification here you know uh, the bible talks about you will find me when you seek for me with your whole heart and so that goes along with the hungering and the thirsting and the the desperation of it you know the mm-hmm. this the insatiable uh, unquenchable desire to have it and when someone does this with me especially a young person they want to know you know when can you when can you baptize me they're jumping the car they're this kind of the cart before the horse situation jumping the gun mm-hmm. where um, you know we got to talk about your spirit we got to talk about your your longings and your hunger and and um, you know this verse for me is it just strikes a blow at easy believism uh, because the hunger and thirst aspect of this is um, 
you know, is, is an unpleasant experience in the beginning and then finding what is, you know, is filling. You know, years and years ago, I don't know if you guys, you guys may not be old enough to remember this, but years and years ago, there used to be a beer ad, um, one of the, one of the, the, uh, famous, um, beer brands would advertise by saying it tastes great, but it's less filling, uh, which I suppose means, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to drink more. I don't know, but it's I'm not a beer drinker. Interesting advertisement. Yeah. Tastes yeah. great. Less filling. So uh, I think it was Bud Light, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, not that I would know. I don't, yeah, okay. We need to stop that rumor right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, uh, that's kind of the, um, uh, one of the one of my favorite authors, you know, he wrote a chapter in one of his books, and that was the title of the chapter: "Taste Great, Less Filling." And it's, and it's talking about easy believism. It's talking about the idea, you know, that uh, uh, you can just come and taste Jesus. You can come and snack mm-hmm. yeah. on Jesus, and that's not it. Jesus said, "If you eat my body and drink my blood, yeah, that's well, desperation." I mean, yeah, you talk I, about you talk about some some severe hunger. I was I, I told Pastor about this today, this man, and it was really interesting to me. Uh, he comes up to the door, and he's like, before I walk in, I want to ask you, what does your church believe on salvation? Yeah. Or he said, well, I want to know what your church visitor. believes. Yeah, the visitor. And I was like, he, I said, okay. I was like, uh, what regards do you mean? What do you, what do you mean, what do we believe? Our statement of faith? What mm-hmm. are you, he's like, what do you believe about mm-hmm. salvation? I said, well, we believe that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We believe the salvation is through Christ. Mm. And I said, we believe that. I said, and I started and I was like, well, let me put it this way. I say, we believe if saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. If you truly get saved, your salvation is eternal. But, and he said, all right, that's all I need to know. And I was like, okay. And I still explained myself to him. And I was like, the reason I say this is because there are a lot of people that want to scratch the itch and they want Mm -hmm. to participate in Christian things to feel better. And they think that that's going to get them a place in heaven, but it doesn't. No, it's a true salvation, which once again, goes back to hunger. How are you going to know that you're satisfied and you're filled? Uh, It's because you've had that hunger. That's right. You've had, you understand what it's like to be hungry. Yeah. And other than the passage, I think in the Psalms where it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Other than that passage, there is not another passage that I'm aware of in God's Word that recommends that kind of an experience. You might remember even in the book of Revelation, <clears throat> excuse me, even in the book of Revelation, John the Beloved said that he ate the book and it was bitter in his belly. Mm-hmm. And um, and so there is a uh, there's a there's a concept in Scripture of partaking of the whole thing, eating the whole. Uh, item, and I think that's what you know Jesus is suggesting here, and what Jesus is recommending here. Uh, and and we have to, you know, and if we jump to the end of the verse, the word "filled" is, you know, the, that word "filled" means nothing, no room is left. You are mm-hmm. t- entirely full, and so you go from being entirely empty to entirely full. And I think those things have to be calibrated alongside of each other. How can you be entirely filled if you're already partially, if you're only partially empty? Uh, so you got to empty yourself of your religious experiences, empty yourself of all of the other pharisaical, um, all the other pharisaical um, snacks and pharisaical tasting 
uh, wine sipping. You got to get away from all of that. Partake of the Holy Spirit. You got to get away from all of those things and I think and eat and drink, eat the body of Christ and drink the blood of Christ. The difference between those two mindsets is hungering and thirsting after appearing to be righteous and hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It's two different things. Isn't it's it? completely yeah. different, and people yeah. get them mixed up all it's the a time. Great point. Mm-hmm. It was the Pharisees' it's a great job. Point. Their whole job in life was to appear to be righteous. And so everybody around him, them went to them for righteousness because they were hungering and thirsting after right. it. And after they weren't filled, Jesus and, and showed up. And it's consistent with the text, too. We're not just stretching this out here. I mean, this is consistent with the text because later he's going to dig in. Jeremy, you know these, where he starts talking all this business about uh, you have heard that it hath been said. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let's just put that in the structure of what we're talking about here. You tasted that with the Pharisees. Yeah. What what taste did it put in your mouth? It might have been sweet to the tongue, but it was bitter in your belly. Yeah. And it, it created more thirst. It created yeah. more hunger. It didn't give you the nutrients that you needed. You know, when you're really, really hungry, you don't need a Snickers bar. You know, you need something that is substantial, something that's going to be Your lack of murder of your brother made you appear to be righteous. Sure, you never murdered your brother. You appeared that way, but you knew you weren't because Mm -hmm. you had hatred in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So you were still empty of real, true righteousness. And later in the Sermon on the Mount, he's telling people, also take no thought of what what we should eat, what you should drink, or where you be clothed. For the Lord knows what you have need of. Right. And he says, but first seek the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And his righteousness. And, and all then all these things, things will be added unto you. That's it. So giving up your actual, real, physical hunger and thirst yeah. to instead spend your time and effort hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there and there's the extension also, you know, where he talks about the uh, reversal of concept. You know, it was mind-blowing to these people when they heard him say, you can save your life and lose it. Or you can lose your life for my sake and find it. Yeah. And so the reversal of everything, you know, he, he's saying here, you need to get thirstier to be filled. You need to get hungrier to be filled. Yeah. And it seems to be a reversal of. You uh, need. <laughs> you need to. You need to get hungry and thirsty after righteousness so you can keep living. Right. Because eventually you'll starve to death if you don't. Yeah. So. Yeah. So because the then there's, a, there's that proverbs that says that he that followeth righteousness and mercy findeth life mm-hmm. righteousness. And honor. Yeah. Yeah. So the concept is, I'll just throw this curveball out there. So the concept is physically, when we're hungry, the more we eat, the fuller we get. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, when we're hungry, the more we eat, the hungrier we get. It's partaking of Christ. And you, you never, there's, there's a, I'm not talking about discontentment, but what I'm talking about is there's never a satisfaction you are always pursuing and seeking and feasting. And that's why I go to church more than one time a year. Yeah, I think that, you know, that that's why I go goes, to church more than one time a week. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about uh, when I mentioned in the last po- podcast about people that are uh, pursuing sports at the professional level. When they get to the professional level, those that really wanted it, they don't stop there. No, that's, that's when the point. work just begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that what Pastor just mentioned there perfectly goes with that the hunger you get or the more you eat the hunger you get right these people that uh the the greats right the michael jordans the kobe's and them once they have a good season or they win an mvp or they win a championship they're not just oh satisfied that's it all right i'm done no that's just the beginning for them now they want more uh and we can have that mentality about secular things and it's very temporary 
Uh, when we die, we don't take that with us. But when it comes to eternal things, uh, and we have that mindset, that want, uh, that well, driving factor. Okay, another thing that Jesus said is, "Ye are the salt of the earth." Mm-hmm. What is the number one reaction to salt? It creates thirst. Yeah, it does. It cre- It doesn't. It doesn't alleviate thirst. It creates thirst. And so, in this world, we're supposed to be thirsting after righteousness, but we're also supposed to have that thirst-creating effect on the world. We're supposed to be making. Uh, you know Hebrews uh, ten. You know, uh, admonishing one, uh, 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 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, so much more as you see the day approaching. But admonishing one another, um, and uh, we're to be creating thirst in each other. We're to be creating, um, if I could say it, you know, a righteous covetousness, yeah. a righteous desire for uh, for the things of God, and and uh, and Faith this is the hunger thirst. Yes, it is. Yeah, we said it in is. Sunday school today that salt and light isn't just for the lost world, but it's also for each other. That's right. Correct. So we need that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it reminds me of the definition of faith. It says that um, I think in Hebrews it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence, but of it also says seen. the evidence Correct. of things not seen. And the way that I've understood that is my faith is evidence of things that people cannot see for other people. Right. They see my faith and know, man, this Adam guy really believes in this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it must be real. Yeah, and I, you know, I think there's also something to be said about the the um, the potential decades of Christian service. You know, not just the one and done, one shot wonder, flash in the pan Christian who comes in and uh, uh, you know breezes in fast and breezes out even faster. Um, I think the fruit of the Spirit, for example, that list, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance against such, there's no, those nine things in that list, I think that's a, that's a lifetime yeah. of hungering and thirsting. So you can't just partake of Jesus one time. I mean, there has to be this right. revisiting the body of Christ and and uh, and partaking of, you know, he said, I am the bread of life. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, the the being filled part, if you want to illustrate it with a woman at the well, you know, he said, I can give you water that you will never thirst yeah. again. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that she's, you know, it's one and done. It means you will have exclusive rights to this water, and this will be the only water you will ever want again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've ever, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a good poll question. What's your favorite water? You know, uh, that's, that's that expensive water, that um, um Oh goodness, I forget what they call it. I bought a bottle the other night. It's the first one I've had in a long time, but it's the uh, Fiji water. the Fiji, oh, water. The Fiji water. Yeah, well, smart water's great too. I like that alkaline taste in smart water he too. Likes that alcohol taste. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I like Dasani. Some people don't like Dasani. I like Dasani. My absolute favorite cheap water is Aquafina. Oh um, my goodness. This water here is I'll drink it. You know this Niagara water. I think it's good. By the way, we need a sponsor, Niagara, if you want to yeah, throw us. No, I'm not even going to accept a sponsor from them. They don't get a sponsor. Us. <laughs> but uh, you know, like Zephyr Hills water. Eh. That's the water. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not my thing. You like it? That is I the like only water. water. Yeah, yeah. But that I mean, stuff is really... Florida spring water, baby. Yeah, I'll never yeah. thirst again. Maybe you should read the label a little closer. <laughs> but anyway, um, the uh, the the yeah, that that water is just so. Um, I don't know if you can describe water this way, but it's delicious to me. Yeah, you know, I'm not talking about flavored water. I'm just talking about water that is ju- that is just genuinely. Yeah, it's it's like it. You can just feel it quenching your thirst mm-hmm. when you drink it in, 
And uh, that's the person of Jesus Christ for us. The yeah. most basic needs, yeah. the most basic needs are represented in this passage, and that's the way we're to understand Jesus. Yeah. Well, you asked that question to Zach earlier about how do you know when someone shows up for if they want, if they're, if they're hungry and thirsty after right. righteousness. <clears throat> you can tell by the, by the attitude that they show up with. Yeah. Those who are uh, attentive. And like it's just it's like I don't know if you can do it, Pastor, but Zach, you probably know what I'm talking about. But when you're sitting there with a smaller group, like you can look. Just sometimes these people sit in silence, yeah. but like you, that says a lot because you'll look at them and you can just see it. I think you could see it in their eyes. Yeah, often. Yeah. I can't tell me times I've seen someone's. There's one person in Sunday school I watch a lot, and their wheels will turn, or there's faces this guy makes, and I just know it. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I got him. Mm-hmm. I got him now. I can't help it, man. I wear every thought right on my sleeve. You, you can read me. It's not hard to read Adam's mind because I wear it. Yeah. That means you're you're thir- you're hungering and you're thirsty for what the truth is going to be. I'm always listening. Yeah. And yeah. there are times you've taken me for a loop, dude. He'll be like, he does he does something similar to that sometimes. But he'll start his Sunday school lesson and he'll say this profound statement that I'm like, wait a second, no. Yeah. But then he'll back it up with what the scripture teaches, with definitions, with you know, true. Truth with truth of God's word, and I can't argue with that. Yeah, but it's the Ever. attitude that shows up. If you're if you come there and you're not hungry and you're not thirsty, you can see it. You can right. tell in a person by watching them in church. That's accurate. They sit back with their arms crossed, attitude all time. My pastor used long. to say, "My pastor used to say, you got to come to church with your cup turned up." Yeah, I always used to just think, yeah, I mean, that's so country and so, but it's it's profound, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. if you come to church and you're not ready to receive it. Mm-mm. You know, if you come to church and you're dusty and dry, but you don't want anything to drink, yeah. Uh, how do these uh, cowboy adage? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You know what? You know? What that needs to be talked about too, because you can't force people to hunger and thirst after righteousness. This is not something that's possible for you to do. The hunger and the thirst after righteousness is something that right. is either got through infection right. because other people are also hungry and thirsting right. after righteousness right. or it's gotten through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is actually dr- giving them that drive to want to know more. Um, it comes from, I think, those two basic things or just you know studying the Word of God because the more I study the Word of God, the more I want to study the Word of God, right? right? I don't think that there's a man alive that can force somebody to do that. No. You can, I can't force my children to hunger and thirst no. after righteousness. Well, in general, I think... Um, I think we've all said this uh, in so many words. You get out of it what you put in. Yeah, and sure. I think that's ultimately what it boils Very down true. to. Right. In anything in life, especially when it comes to uh, uh, Christianity. Yes, God is loving. Yes, He is a giving Father. But if you don't want anything, He's not going to just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he can't fill something that doesn't want to be filled. Right. That's right. Yeah, it's like we I mentioned that verse in Proverbs: "He that followeth." Righteousness, right? If you're not going to continue to, if you're not going to follow righteousness, you're going to stay hungry. Well, we're in Proverbs now uh, in my Sunday school too, uh, chapter one though, and we just did the one that talks about wisdom crying out. Mm, and the yes. first thing oh it my. says, it says, "Turn unto me." Yeah, right. So uh, there's an action required there. You have to turn to it. Yeah, turning yeah. your cup. As Later in that said. chapter yeah. two, it talks about that. Yeah, once you turn towards it, it'll literally pour itself. I'll into pour myself you. into the. And then it says, I will, I think it's um, something about knowledge or yeah. uh, 
Nah, I have to look. See, once again. See, this verse right here. Something uh, about if wisdom is thy companion and knowledge is thy friend or something. It says, uh, the, 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 um, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Yeah. Mm, right. That's good. So when I read this verse, what it reminds me of is the verse that says something along the lines of God gives wisdom liberally to them that ask of him. Yeah, James one five. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I whenever and I read this verse, that. that's what I hear. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives, who gives all liber- liberally to liberally. Not. liberally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that word. That's such an amazing word to use in that context. Yeah, no, it is because because the idea of liberality is to just give out right. without ceasing, you know, endlessly to everyone. And well, that's you know, what God wants to do. Okay, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so the controlling uh, cravings of wine, it's it's illustrated in that same passage. He says you have to like you if you get an addiction to wine. So much so that you you know you get the shakes if you don't have it. You get you get nervous if you don't have it. You mm-hmm. start uh, you may start thinking incredibly dangerous thoughts if you don't have it. Okay, that's that's what he says. He says be filled with the Spirit that way. Yeah, he's not advocating spiritual drunkenness. That wasn't the passage, mm-hmm. but what he is advocating is is seek it, yeah. desire it. That's the great long thing about, for it. about him giving it liberally too. It's, it's right. he can he can do that because he he it's an endless source. There's enough to go around. There's man. enough to go. Around. It's awesome. It's it a talks about thought. yeah. It let is. him that is that is thirsty. Let him come and drink without, uh, uh, you know, without degree or how does it say that? I can't remember. But the uh, uh, just speaking of just a, an, a a bottomless experience. Yeah. You know, you just keep drinking and drinking and drinking of the spirit. What did Jesus say um, when he stood up? And he, was, and he said, um, he talked about giving quenching someone's thirst he set up and said um who all who are thirsty or something like that yeah let him that is a thirst come unto me yeah yeah revelation 21 and then there's also the concept you know that uh, jesus promised the disciples he said uh when you're baptized in the holy spirit by the way baptism there another uh reference to uh, a, th- a thirst quenching experience but if you are, uh, he talked about uh, when when you receive the Holy Spirit, he said, the Spirit shall be in you like rivers of wash of rushing water, coming from your belly, and so you know you we're not talking about glassfuls and cupfuls yeah. and pitcherfuls. We're talking about ri- you can't dam up a river. Lifetime. Yeah. This reminds me of the uh, entire band song, right? Right. That says, "Come to the river. There is a vast supply." Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, so I found the verse I was trying to think of. I'm sorry. It was in John chapter 4. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever shall drink of this water shall uh, thirst again. But then he says, if, talking about if yeah. you drink from him, you won't. Never thirst again. Woman right. of the well. There's that song. There's a cathedral song. It's called I Thirst. It talks about yeah. how Jesus thirst um, so that we yeah, can have made the water. water. Yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah. has been an extremely fruitful topic yeah. and one that I'm not likely to forget. And there's so much more that could be said in describing hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Yep. But thank God that he is liberal and how he can fill us with righteousness. Mm-hmm. He'll fill anybody with righteousness. All we have to do is have faith, ask him, believe on him, believe on his son, and hunger and thirst after it. He's the only liberal that we like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, yep. um, is there anything else anybody wants to add before we close this down? Mm. It's excellent. All right. Very good. Well, thanks for listening to the Cherishing Scripture podcast. Um, we've got 
We're on all sorts of different platforms, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify even, mm. and YouTube, which is where the old folks go. <laughs> Join us again next week um, as we uh, change society through cherishing Scripture.